Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Wherever and whenever you are, welcome to Teaching Topeka, the Capital Journal's podcast tackling education issues of the day. I'm Rafael Garcia, education reporter for the Capital Journal. Today I have with me Tristan Fangman and Madeline Gearhart, two Seaman High students and journalists for the school's Seaman Clipper newspaper. Nathan McAllister, history teacher, and Amy Riley, print journalism teacher at the school, are also on the podcast with us. Now, two days ago, Tristan and Madeline published what is one of the most significant stories for the student newspaper in recent history. But before we get to that, um, let me say welcome to the podcast, Tristan and Madeline. Hi. Yeah, hi. Thank you. (laughs) In a few words, tell us what you found as part of the story that you reported on Friday. Well, um, we were, we have discovered um, Fred Seaman's connection to the KKK um, within Topeka. Um, we found out that he was the leader um, within some of the older newspapers that we found, um, kind of ranging from the 1920s, um, typically within two years. Um, basically, he had endorsed a mayoral ticket with a Klan member on it, and um, it was our job to kind of um, find those details and figure that out. Yeah. So how did you find out about the story? Um, so there was um, a source outside the district who was digging within the archives, and they brought it to Mr. McAllister, who then brought it to us early in the school year. And just to be clear, this isn't anybody that you guys directly know. It's just they pointed you in the right direction. Yeah. Correct. I see. What did you first think when you heard about the story? Um, it was pretty shocking. Like, to be honest, it's really hard to connect Fred Seaman with the school if you didn't actually, like, know that he was the founder. Because for the longest time, I just thought that Seaman and Vikings were connected. But figuring that, figuring out that the founder was actually connected with that was just so shocking to figure out. I think, personally, it was really disappointing given that um, I had looked through a lot of the early yearbooks, and I thought of him as um, a leader for school change and um, just bringing on enormous changes within the district. So to have such a great figure be turned into a different narrative, it was really shocking. Right. What have you guys heard or seen in the it's only been two days and it's the weekend of course but have you heard anything from your fellow students or maybe the community about the story i think both of us have received a lot of messages um regarding how people feel and how um surprised they were just their reactions in general and um trying to find out more i think everybody's a little bit curious yeah. Pretty much right after the story came out, I was contacted by the president of the Young Democrats Club, and they were really wanting to make change in the school after figuring out this information, and they thought it was so interesting. So I think that a lot of club action might come from this information. Right. Um, how long did it take you to research the story? Um, we weren't the ones who directly researched it. That's more Mr. McAllister and Miss Riley. We were more brought the information and interpreted it and put it out there for the public. Right, yeah. Um, what did you learn as you started reporting on the story? Or um, I don't know, what was that process like? 
I feel like the biggest takeaway we both had in creating the story was how to release such sensitive information in the correct form. Um, we had to have a lot of guidance from our teachers, Mr. McAllister and Mrs. Riley, um, just because it's very hard as a student to try to guide through such a difficult topic and figure all angles and trying to navigate it, basically. Mm-hmm. Going off of that, was there anything else that was hard about reporting the story? Um, I think it was just the time frame. It was actually pretty interesting because Madeline and I logged on to our online classes at like 7.55 and immediately Mr. McAllister told us, today's the day, go to Mrs. Riley's Google Meet. And we popped on there and just immediately started writing from like 8 in the morning all the way to like 1.30. Wow. Now, given the challenging climate in society right now, there's a lot of division and just um, it's tough reporting on some of these things. Um, did you ever hesitate or think twice about publishing the story or think about what the ramifications of this would be? Well, I feel like um, when we first began this journey, um, we had to wait because we were waiting on the board out of respect um, for their concerns because at that time there was a lot going on. We've had um, lots of COVID regulations. We just had um, a bit of a scandal come out. Um, and so I think the district is still trying to heal and figure its way through. Um, so to have such a bomb dropped, um, it would be pretty devastating. So we kind of had to bite our time in some ways. Mm -hmm. But we definitely did know we needed to share it because as journalists, it's our job to put the information out there. And even if it's like a sensitive topic, even if it's controversial. Now, the story does start with um, a statement that these this had been rumored for a while that People had talked about it, but there hadn't been anything concrete necessarily. Um, had you guys heard anything about that prior to reporting on the story? Um, I've definitely heard rumors about it, but I never really believed that they were true until I actually saw the information. But even Mrs. Riley, when she went to Seaman, she heard rumors about it. So they've been around for a while. I, um, I recall when I was looking through the centennial um, or doing my centennial job, Last year, um, I found a picture of a um, a person of color student um, in one of the yearbooks, and I was shocked, and I brought it up to Mrs. Riley, and um, I was like, I didn't know at that point that people of color could go um, be integrated into the high school format with other white kids. And um, I think that basically we just... Um, she described that she had heard this rumor. Um, and so I think we were just kind of shocked, but we didn't know at that point for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, given the fact that this story, or that this was almost 100 years ago, um, that Mr. Fred Seaman is long dead by now, um, why does the story still matter right now? What's the context of it um, now as we deal with some of these other issues in society? Um, I think that we've come a long way as a society and been more accepting. So naming someone after, like naming a school after a person who was a part of that just comes off bad. And like we're, t 
Right now we're in a time where people are tearing down statues of former slave owners. So for us as a school to have that name, it just becomes really controversial. It also changes the narrative of who Fred Seaman is. Um, I think a lot of us regard him as some sort of um, kind founder of our school. And um, we don't know his motives for why he might have created the school now or um, what actions he took throughout the district that might still be affecting us now um, that we might need to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. Now, Mr. McAllister and Ms. Riley, um, what's been your perspective just as teachers and educators guiding the students through this process? Well, as the uh, as one of the educators that came across this research, um, I think guiding the students and helping them construct a narrative that they want to put out there as journalists, um, I think that's the most important piece that we had to go through and make sure that one, it's reported accurately, and two, that the students um, are the ones telling the story because it's their school. Mm-hmm. I would agree, and I am so incredibly proud of the way that these ladies have handled this story. Um, I think a lot of times people want to jump right into it. They want to publish as soon as they find out. And Madeline and Tristan waited until we had all of the information that we needed. They waited until we were able to get a statement from the board. They didn't jump right in because they knew it was a big story and publish it right away. They handled it with journalistic integrity and responsibility, and I'm really proud of them. Mm-hmm. Now, from as your or from your perspective as people who have been in the district and um, just know about some of the context before the story, um, what had you heard about um, Fred Seaman, or what were maybe some of those rumors you'd heard? I'm a '99 grad of Seaman High School, and we had always heard the rumor that Fred Seaman was a KKK member. I don't know that I had ever heard the rumor that he was the leader, but I had definitely heard that he was a member. But there was not any concrete evidence to prove the rumor was true until just recently. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a bit older than Mrs. Riley, so I'm a 1990 grad of Seaman School District. And again, um, as with what Miss Riley said, the uh, rumor has always been there, but again, no concrete evidence that, that we knew of. And I think part of um, part of the reason why some of this is coming to light now is the fact that we're getting to a point where more newspapers are being digitized, and so it's easier for people to find information in those newspapers. And as this goes along, as this becomes uh, easier access, I think we're going to find more stories similar to this. And I think that that's an important piece to this is the fact that for so long, one, there's no, it's not an easy um, research. You have to go through the microfilm. You have to sit there for hours upon hours to get through this. And you can't just simply Google this. It's not going to come up. So I think part of it is the technology and the fact that our Kansas State Archives is so forward thinking in digitizing newspapers as, as soon as they can. Mm-hmm. 
Now, Tristan and Madeline, um, this topic is obviously going to be a source of contention, possibly, for the community, um, as it's deeply tied to the name of the school district. But at the student level, what have you heard from other students, or is this something that they care about or want to see changed? I have seen um, lots of people making comments about the name changes. Um, I think that it's a big deal to name something after somebody um, who has been regarded so horribly in the past um, for their discrimination against other people. So, Yeah, I've definitely heard a lot of students talking about the possible name change, but I've heard both sides. I've heard people say it would be too expensive to change the name, and that was so long ago, so why do it now? But I've also heard students say this is a huge deal and we can't keep it this way. So there's definitely a big divide. Mm -hmm. Now, as journalists, of course, we don't look to advocate necessarily for any change, but we report on issues as we see them, as, as other people are affected by them. But as a, a result of the story, what do you maybe hope comes out of the story or what do you hope to see the district or other students do? I want people to, personally, I want people to acknowledge that this is something that happened and evaluate ways to move forward from here um, because it isn't just a rumor now. It's been proven true, so it's not something we can just ignore. Yeah, I really want people to like not ignore it because it's something that's easily to, easy to push aside, but I feel like everyone needs to look at it, okay, know it's real, and then we can just discuss a change. We don't know if it's going to change, but at least some sort of improvement needs to come from this. Mm -hmm. Now, the story ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger with the promise that the Clipper, the student newspaper at Seaman, will continue to post updates as the story unfolds. Where do you guys see the story going, just as from your perspective as journalists, and what's maybe the next steps for you guys? Um, I think it's going to be a big debate in the community because there's going to be people who want to change the name and there's going to be people who don't. So it's definitely going to be a lot of stuff from the school board. It's going to be a lot of student interviews. It's going to be stuff from parents or also alumni of the district who are all going to have an opinion. And I think sharing those opinions and making sure we have equal coverage of those opinions is very important. And that's probably what we're going to do next. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think um, the conversation that this is going to start is going to be huge for the district. Um, and I just hope that people come forward with their concerns and speak on it um, as we go forward. Mm -hmm. Now, you guys are both seniors. Um, do you have any plans for what you're doing after college or after high school? Um, right now, I'm accepted at Pitt State University for nursing. Um, I am undecided currently on where I'm going and what I'm doing, but um, something definitely down this path um, seems quite interesting. So, well, Sounds great. Anything else you'd like to share with our readers about the story and its impact that it's going to have on the community? Not really, personally. Um, I just think that everyone needs to recognize how important this is with everything that's going on today. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining me today. Um, good luck to you and the rest of what's 
going to be a challenging senior year, no sh doubt about it. But um, just I'm looking forward to seeing that work from you guys as well, and we'll be covering it along um, with a clipper from the tap th from the Capital Journal. Um, for the Capital Journal, I'm Rafael Garcia, and thank you for listening.